My name is Dave Ackerman, and uh, despite my craziness, I uh, actually am the campus pastor here. And um, so, listen, when you came in this morning, you noticed the studies were on your seat. Really encourage you to take a study and to jump into spending time with Jesus each day and getting involved in a small group and participating in worship every week. That's the abiding life. That's what begins to change and shape our hearts. And uh, this morning, if you're here for the first time, listen, I really encourage you to grab a Connect card and fill it out and would love for the chance to meet you after the service if you're here for the first time. And listen, if, if you've been coming and you'd like a chance to get to know me and to have lunch with me, I would love the chance to take you to lunch. So there's a place on the card to mark if you'd like to have lunch with a pastor. That would be a great privilege for me. 25 years ago, on Tuesday, something amazing happened in my life, and that was I got married to Sue Ellen. And uh, so there's, you know, all my friends are getting older. I'm glad it's not happening to me. And um, so Sue Ellen and I have been married 25 years, and we've had a happily imperfect marriage for 25 years. And the one thing that's helped us more than anything is Jesus but not just Jesus, Jesus ministering to us in a biblical community. For 25 years, every week, we've gathered with other Christians in our home, and our joys have been even more joyful, and our sorrows have been easier to carry because we've done it together with other people. You and I were not made to do life alone. We need each other. And so in a few weeks, we're going to gather after church on uh, May 16th. We're going to gather to celebrate and learn more about our small group ministry. And I really, really encourage you to take advantage of that Sunday to take a step towards biblical community. It's made all the difference in our lives, and it can make all the difference in your life, too. Vacation Bible School is coming up. When my kids were little, Bonnie Sturgis who's Smiley Sturgis, the, the pastor of Good News. Bonnie Sturgis told our kids about Jesus at a vacation Bible school, and they put their trust in Jesus during a summer vacation Bible school. It is one of the best opportunities you have to tell kids, the next generation, about Jesus. So would you consider how you're going to be a part of telling the next generation about Jesus through vacation Bible school this summer? We're going to have a short video um, about Vacation Bible School, and then Travis will introduce our speaker, and we'll move ahead with uh, Global Outreach. Y'all are awesome. Thanks for bearing with me, and thank you for being here.
All right, Vacation Bible School is coming up. It's awesome. My name's Travis, and I'm excited you're here for Global Outreach Sunday, where we have a chance to celebrate Jesus accomplishing his mission of making disciples of the nations. It's really awesome. He says he's going to build his church, and he's doing that, and we get to be a part of it. It's really awesome. So in the past 16 years, Good News Church has helped start 112 new churches in 28 countries, and we've invested about $3.4 million. So praise God for what he's done through his faithful work of building his church, and 13% of everything that comes in gets set aside for Global Outreach. So I wanted to thank you for giving uh, faithfully and regularly to fund the mission of church planting. So we're going to hear from my friend Rick today. But I did want one, one other thing I wanted to let you know is that throughout the week we've had webinars set up with some of our movement leaders around the world. So tonight is the last one. It's happening at 6.30. So if you go to goodnewsloves.com and click on Global Outreach, there's a Zoom link there. So my friend David Martin uh, from Ireland will be sharing with us about what God's doing in Dublin and throughout the country. He's got a great accent, and uh, it'll be great to hear what God's doing there. So feel free to jump on that Zoom call tonight with us. Uh, We'll have a good time. So here's the little bio on Rick. Rick Amos comes from a godly heritage. He is a fourth-generation true believer. God moved in his heart as a six-year-old to believe in Jesus. He wandered a bit from God as a freshman in college, but a, a mission trip to Africa cemented his faith, gave him a vision for the world, and provided a mission partner for life. He met his wife, Terry, during that experience. Rick and Terry served for five years in Budapest, Hungary, and five years in Moscow, Russia, before moving to Orlando, Florida with their three children. Rick is the director of Eurasia Partners Network, which seeks to accelerate church growth in Central Europe, Russia, and Central Asia through coaching, connecting, and resourcing. He loves to travel to expand the mission, coach church movement leaders, and invest in real estate. So Rick's here today. Rick's a friend. He personally coaches me monthly, so give a warm good news welcome to Rick Amos. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Oh, it's always such a joy for me to be with you here at uh, Good News Church, and I'm so honored to be here on the special Global Outreach Weekend. And uh, I know we've already applauded, but it is amazing that in 16 years, this church has this audacious vision to plant churches, 112, and I'm connected to five of them, and I, it's just so amazing what difference your investment has made to accelerate these churches around the world. So it's a beautiful thing, and I think you should, uh, you should congratulate yourselves, but, you know, of course, all of this reflects back to God for his glory, right? And when there is a church that makes the gospel the center, everything else falls into place. And when we receive the gospel for salvation, and then when we walk every day in the gospel, something naturally happens to us. We change, and we long to worship. We long to share our faith and disciple younger believers and serve our community. Generosity wells up within us when we realize all that we've been given to. So... It's not a surprise about what God has done through you all these years in the past, and I can't wait to see what the future looks like moving forward. As uh, Travis said, uh, Eurasia Partners Network 
is uh, focused on Central Europe, Russia, and Central Asia. We have the opportunity to connect with 15 different church planting movements representing more than 300 different churches in that part of the world. And in the last couple of years, Good News Church has partnered with three different movements in Belarus and Hungary and Kazakhstan. And so today we have a, a treat where uh, this past week I did a Zoom with these three movement leaders and we worked our way through uh, the passage from Matthew that we're going to be looking at. And so I'm going to kind of guide us through the passage and then we'll break away for little five-minute videos where you'll get to hear from these men, hear about their heart, what they think of this verse and what's going on in their particular country. Most of these countries that I work in uh, have a tradition that when the Bible is read in church, the people stand. So would you please stand with me? And we're going to look again at Matthew 9. We, uh, Dave took us through it last week, but we're going to focus and look at it again as well. And what I'd like for you to do, whether you're at home or here, is please stand. And uh, we're going to read through this together. So let's read this together with loud voices. Here we go. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. You may be seated. You know, praise the Lord, he answered this prayer about, about sending out laborers. Let's go through each of the countries. First of all, there is Belarus. You can see it's the uh, orange country up there. It's about the same size as Georgia. It's right next to Russia. It was part of the Soviet Union. It has Ukraine to the south. Uh, most of what happened in Chernobyl, uh, that disaster a number of years ago, blew into Belarus and affected people in Belarus even more so uh, than Ukraine. This is Dima and Alyona Lazuta. They lead the church planting movement of 29 churches. And then you have helped to plant three churches. This uh, is Slava and Alina. They came through about a year and a half ago, and you got to meet them. They have a new church. And then also Vladimir and his wife, Anna. And then finally, uh, Sergei and his wife, Natasha. So I know all of these pastors personally, and uh, they're so grateful for your investment and partnership. Then we can go to Hungary. Hungary is a little bit further west uh, it, it uh, borders on Ukraine and a number of other countries that you can see. Romania is there, Austria to the west. And uh, in uh, Budapest, we have Andras and his wife, Shara, and they lead the church planting movement, and he is planting a new church starting right now that you guys have partnered with. And then finally, there's Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is a, is a huge country. It doesn't look very big compared to Russia, but it's about the size of half of the United States. It has China down below, Russia up above, and uh, it is the biggest country in the countries that we call the Stans. 
and uh, Arman and, and uh, his wife Marina lead the church planting movement. And then uh, you guys are helping uh, Duman and his wife Tanya to plant a church in the capital city of Nur Sultan. So these are people that responded. This is the harvest in these countries. Most of these folks became believers 20 years ago through missionaries that had come from other places, and now they are leading the church in their particular countries. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so we're going to jump into our uh, discussion with these uh, guys, and we're going to focus, first of all, on this idea of Jesus looking and seeing the people were, were distressed and dispirited. And I asked the guys what's going on in their particular country. Let's see. Okay, guys, I'm glad that the four of us could get together for this conversation. Right now it is 1 p.m. in Orlando, and it is 7 p.m. in Budapest, Hungary, and uh, 8 in the evening in uh, Belarus. And uh, Arman, it's 11 o'clock at night there in Kazakhstan, so thank you for staying up late to be part of this uh, conversation. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 9, where uh, Jesus has compassion on the people because they were distressed and dispirited. I want to ask all three of you, this year, how are the people in your countries distressed and dispirited? Dima, why don't you go first, talking about Belarus. Uh, hello. Uh, last year, we had an election, and people didn't believe the, the result of the election. So uh, hundreds of thousands of people went out uh, protesting the result. And people were beaten and put in prison. 30,000 people were put in prison. 15 people from our church were put in prison for a short time, like 10, 15, 20, 25 days. So it's a, a difficult time. Revolution failed. And people are depressed because of that. And this opportunity to bring the gospel, this opportunity to talk about spiritual revolution, and we're trying to do our best to reach people. Uh, uh, one evangelical church was closed. Uh, they, had, they have 1,500 people, and their building was taken out because they had uh, active position uh, regarding the uh, violence. All evangelical churches were against violence. We're trying our best not to be involved in the politics, but it was vi violence, so we raised our voices. So it's a challenging time, but at the same time, it's a, a very good time to bring the gospel to the people. Andras, uh, let's talk a little bit about Hungary. And COVID has really been a challenge for you guys. You've been locked down really for the whole year. In fact, the numbers are going up now. So how are the people doing there? What is life like for Hungarians right now? Hello. Uh, yes, this is true. It's a really hard uh, situation in, in Hungary. Uh, Hungary had uh, one of the highest COVID death rate per capita. And many have lost family members, uh, relatives, many people died. 
someone lost both parents. We know somebody who lost both parents. A truly sad thing that a, a lady, a woman, uh, lost her husband and her son, and the funeral was the same day. It's really hard moving uh, situation or yeah and the next town uh, where we live the baptist pastor uh, lost uh, his wife too so many of hungarian uh, experiences some kind of loss and earlier in our history <laughs> i don't know where from this but but hungary is the one of the most pessimistic nations in in the whole world so we are always um, on a high uh, depression and suicide rate too so it's this covid situation it's hard uh, in our country arman you're further east in kazakhstan what is the culture like right now how are the people distressed and suffering we see that uh, one of the distressed thing in our uh, society is uh, economical situation. And we also notice that uh, materialism becomes as an idol in our culture, in our country. So many people uh, have lost their jobs for, for uh, last uh, two years, especially during the pandemic situation during the quarantine and the whole COVID stuff. Uh, and we see that many people have lost hope in this life because of the economical situation, because of the uh, loss of uh, job and uh, stuff like this. So that's, that's the current situation in our country. Wow. Okay, guys. Now this is, um, this is, hard, you know, when you walk the streets and you see people trying to live their lives, um, you can kind of imagine perhaps looking the way that Jesus looked. And I think this is an area of growth for all of us to look at our culture and our neighborhood uh, with the eyes of Jesus, to see their real needs, uh, to see their lack of life and hope, and our hearts can be filled with the compassion of Christ. I think that's what this passage is challenging all of us to do, to look at the world the way that Christ does. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Where are your friends and family and neighbors right now? What do you see? And what's underneath what you see? What are the challenges and the struggles and how does the gospel meet them there? This is the call really for all of us as we look at this passage. Moving on, let's look back at verse 37. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus kind of turns the conversation here. He was looking at the distress and the discouragement and the despair of the people, but he didn't look at it as a problem. Instead, Jesus saw this as an opportunity, an opportunity for the kingdom. 
So it wasn't the hard work of preparing the soil or planting the seed. Jesus saw this as this opportunity to harvest. And the reason is because the kingdom of God, the gospel, is just what these people needed. And as I've been coaching these different leaders over this past year, I've been so encouraged by the way they have responded. Most of the countries that I work in have had much stricter quarantines than we've had in most places here in the United States. Most of these countries have had much higher death rates. Uh, these pastors have had to trick, figure out how to do their church without meeting on Sundays. By the way, most of these pastors have gone without any salary for the whole year because most of these cultures are cash-based cultures. If the church doesn't meet, there's no funding to help pastors with their families. It's been a real challenge, but almost every one of them has taken the heart of Jesus and viewed this as an opportunity, an opportunity to reach out, an opportunity to serve, and an opportunity to get very creative with their evangelism. As we listen to this next part, I want you to really listen carefully because there's two observations that I made as I was watching this. Let's see what they have to say about evangelism. Um, I know that uh, in each of your countries and your cities, you've really taken this as an opportunity to reach out to people. And so I just want to turn the conversation towards evangelism. And I want you to share this last year, what are some unique evangelistic strategies that have been particularly effective for you during this year? Dima, why don't you go first? Uh, one year ago, I invited uh, one person, IT guy, to read Bible with me. I have been praying for that before that. And he said, yes. So once a week, we read the Bible. And uh, he started to say amen after I pray. And one month ago, he asked me to pray for his family. He wants the family would read the Bible and they would believe Jesus. And he visited our church with his wife a couple of times already. And second, uh, in September, uh, I invited two more Christian families to make a core of new small group. And we invited three uh, non-Christians, non-church people, three families to join us. And they did join us. So twice a month, the core group, three families, we would spend 30, 40 minutes praying for them. And twice a month, we come together. And every time we have 45 minutes uh, spiritual lesson. But the miracle is that all of them are regular attend, uh, attend they attend regularly worship services almost every Sunday. Uh, they didn't accept Christ here, but uh, they are called. So the challenge right now is to inspire uh, our small groups, our home groups, to, to, to be active in reaching people for Christ. That's great, Dima. Andras, how about you? In the middle of the lockdown and quarantine, what have you found to be effective with evangelism? Uh, it, it was hard to find a way to the people for us because we did earlier everything in, in person only and now we were forced to go online and but we, we found a few ways beside my wife uh, who 
started to walk a lot with others. Uh, probably you know about city to city uh, Europe, or this is a Tim Keller started organization in, in Europe. And uh, this organization made a video series uh, called Intro Course. It's a seven episodes uh, about Christianity as a worldview, seven 30 minute uh, episodes. And we advertised that and started that every Monday uh, evening from 8 p.m. We, we watched that and discussed the, the episodes. About, not that many, about uh, 10, 12, 14 people came together around Budapest and and we had really good conversations. So that's one thing what we uh, started to do. And we hope that we will uh, continue in June as a home fellowship group or a small group with them. Uh, let's see. So this is our, our prayer request too. The second thing what I, I did, I, I went crazy. Honestly, I, I started a YouTube channel and it's not my style, but I felt I, I have to give some kind of encouragement to the people who stressed and discouraged and, and give hope. So it's about four, five, six minutes long videos. And I just use a, a verse like this Matthew 9. I use this uh, one too. And, and I share a, a few uh, ideas or, or thoughts about the, the verse. And it's, I direct this, this, I would say, message to the, the Christians too, the believers too, and the non-believers too. So I try to, to address both uh, audience too. So that's, that's how we and I try to find a way during this, this quarantine and online uh, life. Yes. Okay, Armand, how about you? What are you guys doing for evangelism? Well, we have a couple of strategies, but uh, one of those uh, is to uh, read the books. We can't gather together for the Bible study group. We cannot get together for evangelistic outreach uh, meetings. We cannot go outside and share on the streets because uh, by the law in Kazakhstan, it, it is prohibited. But we still can read books. Uh, so we chose, uh, I and uh, one of my friends, we chose a couple of uh, uh, great books uh, written by Greg Gilbert uh, with the Nine Marks series. One of those books is Who is Jesus? Uh, by the way, we are reading it right now. Another one is What is the Gospel? And uh, Why Trust the Bible? Those books are very short uh, and it's easy to read uh, this book for uh, three or five days, depending on your reading speed. But what we do, we have a WhatsApp Messenger uh, chat uh, called uh, uh, Readers, Readers uh, Chat, and we discuss um, who Jesus is. Uh, why, sh why trust the Bible? What is the gospel? Uh, I uh, purchased 20 of each of those books. They're one, $1 each. They're not expensive. 
and I gave to my friends and to our relatives. And uh, we're discussing those books in our chat. Uh, none of them became a believer yet, but at least we are doing our call. We are sharing, uh, sharing the gospel and discussing uh, what is the core of the gospel. Okay, so here's, here's what I noticed about what these guys shared. So all total, these three men helped to lead more than 40 churches across many, many miles. They are uh, mentoring pastors. Uh, they're leading their movements. Secondly, they're also pastors of their own church. However, I asked them, what kind of evangelism is happening in your movement? And every one of them answered with a personal story of personal evangelism. Wasn't that so encouraging that they're not too busy or important to think about taking a walk with their neighbors, to think about offering to read a book with a friend? The second thing I noticed is everything they are doing in these countries, we can do here. You know, in some respects, we live in this wonderful time where some of these simple things like walking around your neighborhood and inviting your neighbors to walk with you is an incredibly effective way to connect with people. Offering to go through a video series online. Just being loving and friendly. We do have a great opportunity because the harvest is white. And we can pray and we can go. Travis wanted me to share just a little bit about what our partnership looks like and how everything fits together. And so just to remind you, you went through this last week, but uh, Good News has four values for your global outreach. First of all, you want to partner with those who are gospel-focused. Uh, it's important to partner with those that have the same view of scripture, same view of theology, and certainly, as we've already said, the gospel changes everything when it's at the center. Secondly, you're looking to connect with national leaders. And so my role with this is to kind of be a liaison or a go-between between Good News Church and all of these pastors. I coach and help them to grow in their ministries and then connect them over with Good News because uh, they are leading nationally. And uh, their, their, uh, another important priority is that uh, financially, it's easy sometimes to, correct, uh, to cause uh, dependence on the West. And so good news says, no, we're going to support for a short term uh, with the expectation that the churches will become financially independent as they move forward. And lastly, you guys want to partner with those churches that are multiplying. I don't coach pastors or movement leaders that want to have big churches. They can do that if they want to. What I want to do is help pastors to, to raise up young leaders to plant more pastors and more churches. And that's a value that you guys have as well. Uh, there are, there's kind of a process that we go through in working with our partnership. First of all, as I've said, Good News connects with different movements that are over in other countries, or they connect with people like me who know who they are. Um, I guess I could say just a little bit more about uh, Eurasia Partners Network. 
Um, this is a shot of my wife and I, and uh, as we said in the bio, we served in Hungary and in Russia previously, and uh, we've had the joy of serving together for 37 years in ministry. And uh, my wife coaches the women, the pastor's wives, and the women's ministry leaders, and I coach the men, and uh, we love uh, what we do and um, how God has used us through the years. In fact, uh, Jim over here, Jim, why don't you wave? is with us today. He's on our team. He's the operations director for our organization. So uh, he's, uh, he's the one that makes everything work. So we're uh, excited that we get to serve these leaders in the way that we do. Okay, go back to the list. So good news connects with movements, and then the movements raise up their leaders. And you heard the stories from the guys about how they're investing in leaders who are going to plant new churches. And then uh, thirdly, there's an application process that Good News has that uh, they go through, and you guys have a team that evaluate and look and see what's happening to see if that is a good match, and then Good News approves that. Then moving on to the fourth step, um, the various movements begin the church planting process and leadership development that's done by the national movements, and uh, then the funding comes into place uh, that you guys have raised. And, uh, you know, if we think about the legacy that you have as a church, it's amazing that there's this many churches that have already been planted. And I think it's a personal legacy that you could have for your own families. I mean, it's one thing to tell your grandchild that you have been faithful to your family and you've made a difference in the world through your work. But what if you could brag to your grandchild that you helped to plant a church in Kazakhstan? That's something that you can pass on to the next generations. And you can do that through uh, Good News Church. And then uh, along the way, there's friendship and connection from Good News. And then finally, I love this vision, just to keep repeating this over and over and over through the years ahead. So that's a little bit what it looks like and, and how I fit into everything. Let's jump back into the passage because there's an important part here that we haven't yet uh, focused on. And it's in verse 38, and it's kind of the main to-do that Jesus gives us. Jesus says in 38, Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So he saw the opportunity of the harvest, but prayer is required to raise up the laborers and to bring in the harvest. So I asked the movement leaders to share some prayer requests with you so that you can pray for them and their movements moving forward. Guys, I wanted to take a couple of minutes for you to share some prayer requests with Good News Church so they can partner with you in prayer. Dima, what are some things that we can be praying for you about? First of all, I would like to express deep, deep appreciation for many, many churches for partnership with us, brothers and sisters of Good News Church. Thank you for your love for Christ. Thank you for the fact that you are caring for the uh, cause of the gospel. Thank you. Well, we have probably around 20, 25, 30 churches, depends how you define church. And the biggest challenge is that Many pastors are tired, tired from COVID, tired from political issues, because in many churches there is a division. Some people would support government, some people would support uh, the opposition. And the, the 
failed evolution. So it's a, a really big challenge. So please pray God would give a special uh, spirit, Holy Spirit for every pastor to, to continue to preach the gospel, to encourage people, to use opportunity. Regarding the church, uh, today we had the day of fast and prayer uh, as a church, and uh, next Sunday we will celebrate Orthodox Easter. We had our Easter uh, the 2nd or 4th of April, but we use it as an opportunity to reach people. And we expect dozens, several dozens of non-Christians. And I will challenge people to accept Christ. Please pray. People would uh, be open for that and would have several baptisms as a result of this uh, service. Andras, how can we pray for Hungary and your family? For Hungary, you know, the, the people are really mm, depressed. So just pray for hope that they, they will find hope in Christ. In, in, they, they can hear the gospel even through us or we, we can share them the gospel and a quick relief uh, from the COVID uh, crisis. The second prayer request about our movement, we have three churches and, and different stages. The first is the oldest one, the second is the middle life, and even in the midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, and the youngest one, we, we just started in, in September and this this uh, COVID uh, situation came. So pray for all of these churches, especially with this new start. And we would like to uh, bring people for a small group uh, or two or more for uh, small groups and start with uh, the church uh, with these small groups. And I'm really thankful for the new partnership with uh, you and, and you, that you joined to our new church plan. And we need prayer, especially in, in this uh, unsecure, or I don't know, it, it's unstable situation where we are in the COVID, COVID situation. So, Okay, Armand, how can uh, we pray for you? Well, first of all, um, um, brothers and sisters from Good News, um, uh, on behalf of our movement, I'd like to uh, express our gratitude uh, for your involvement in uh, what God calls us to do in this part of the world. Thank you so much for your concerns and uh, partnership. Uh, with us. We are the movement of eight uh, evangelical reformed churches in Kazakhstan, uh, Siberian Russia, and Kyrgyzstan. Uh, uh, there are different cultures, different time zones, and uh, many thousands, thousands of miles are in between of us. But, uh, but Spirit of God and Christ is is united us. The whole church is one body uh, of Christ unites us. And uh, it's a joy and privilege and honor for us to, to uh, shine here in this part of the world, shine with Christ's uh, uh, light uh, to 
to all of the nations uh, that lives here, Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, uh, Russians, Uyghurs, uh, so many nations are living, uh, live, lives in this part of the world. And uh, we are about proclaiming uh, the power of Jesus Christ among, among nations in this part of the world. Uh, right now, uh, we are concerned about uh, planting uh, new churches, and we have three uh, plans, uh, planting uh, church plants projects, one in Uzbekistan, one in uh, uh, village in one of the village in Russia, and another uh, church plant um, uh, project is in Kosovo, Kosovo, um, uh, Prizren, Kosovo, uh, it's a uh, former uh, Serbia. Um, not many countries um, recognized Kosovo as independent country, uh, but we don't care. Uh, we know that we need to share gospel there uh, because people needs needs Christ there. So, uh, would you please pray for those three projects: Uzbekistan, uh, uh, Tumen village. Uh, uh, the the name of the village is Malinovka village, and uh, and also Kosovo Kosovo Church Plant Project. All right, well, thank you so much for jumping on the call with uh, Eurasia Partners Network. One exciting thing that we're able to do is get different movement leaders together from different countries. So every month we gather like this. So Andras and Dima and Arman know each other and as movement leaders, it's a very unique role and they're able to share ideas and work together. And with Arman heading to Kosovo, it's over near Albania. And so we have a church planting movement there that's going to partner with Arman to help get things going as well. So it's beautiful to see people leading uh, in their own countries with a vision to reach the whole world. So guys, thank you so much for this time uh, together. I appreciate you and love you so much. Take care. Well, hopefully those requests will help you to remember these guys and, and to pray for them. I just really love their vision. Armand is so funny. He lives in a country as big as half the United States, but he's planting churches in Russia and Uzbekistan, and he wants to go to Kosovo, which is 4,000 miles away from where he lives. The United States is only 3,000 miles wide, but he's, he wants to go over to Kosovo because the Kazakh culture is very close to the people that live there, a Muslim background, and he wants to go. So one of our other partners in Albania is going to be able to join with him. So it's so exciting to see what they are involved in. Well, I hope this has been encouraging for you and helpful for you to understand uh, what God is doing through you. And uh, why don't you stand, and I'm going to pray for you. By the way, we are uh, going to do a little mission trip to Albania in July, July 9 through 19. And if you want to get out of town, why don't you come with us? It's going to be an English camp on the edge of the Adriatic Sea at a beautiful resort. And you can spend your whole day talking to young professionals about their faith. July 9 to 19. I'll be down here. Let me know if you want to come. Jesus, thank you for this call to see people the way you do. Thank you for the call to have compassionate hearts, to see that the fields are white, to pray, and to go. Thank you that you went to the cross to make all this possible. Help us to walk with you. Help us to serve you with our whole lives. In Jesus' name, amen.